everybody, it's Microphones of Madness. I'm Rodney over there, Steve. How you doing? Not bad. <laughs> and today we're going back into the world of uh, solo RPG with Iconic Hero from uh, Parts Per Million Press. A little short little guide for playing Icons, super powered role playing by yourself <laughs> parts per million really like they've got it going on when it comes to this shit don't they they do they you know uh we looked at the catalog at one point and they do appear to have something for everything uh, it's just with fun like being the same crap over and over <laughs> pretty much pretty much i guess it's easy to mass produce few little tweaks specific to the system but uh yeah and so so you and i are pretty familiar with how the parts per million oracle works this is right aside from the typo Mm. this is pretty much the same right right it's pretty much Uh, the same you know nothing you have yeses uh degrees of yeses degrees of somewhats and degrees of no's well, the somewhat's are not really degrees. So we'll talk about that. There's uh, three basic chunks to this. Uh, first off is the oracle. Second off is the uh, mechanic for resolving open-ended questions. And the third thing really is kind of like one of the core ideas of icons, and that's determination. Um, and That's a kind of a wreck. Right. So I, I guess we'll, we'll we'll talk about each in turn and jump back and forth as necessary. So yeah, you have your the, the oracle, your your basic oracle, which is kind of the necessity for playing any type of solo role playing game. I open the crate. Is there anything in it? Right. Yes or no. Right. Is there anyone standing on the other side of the door? Now, this one has the possibly slash neutral, because you can also do use this oracle to determine uh, NPC uh, reactions. reactions. Kind of a reaction table built into the oracle. Right. Um, the problem that I have with it is the neutral or possibly result. Uh, it's a 2d6 system. That you're, you know, you roll 1d6 for yes no for for the the trinary and then there's well, a second d6 icons, mm-hmm. because icons uses a an opposed roll right right i roll a d6 as a player you roll a d6 as the universe mm-hmm. right and you take my result and subtract your result and that's the number right right so that's what they're trying to emulate here right because you're going to be playing with 2d6s, pretty much everything uses 2d6s. Right. But guess what? Oh shit, I rolled a 1. What'd you roll, Rodney? I rolled a 6. Right. Oh fuck. That's a negative 5. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's a that's a massive failure. Or for me it's a massive success. Right. So it depends on whoever's yeah, acting. But that's not part of the oracle. It no. makes perfect sense in icons. Right. 
right? Mm-hmm. But in terms of the Oracle, it makes absolutely no sense. Well, it's it's that's they don't use that mechanic in the Oracle. It's just a two d six roll, one d six to. Oh, it's the it's the one d six for right the neutrality or whatever and the inclination and then another one for the actual result. I think it would have been cooler if they had um, incorporated that well opposed role into it. Now, the opposed role, I wanted to talk about that a little bit, actually, because there are, uh, in some of the other books, I believe, Presents and A to Z supplements, uh, there are alternative dice mechanics. And in particular, it seems to me, playing solo, uh, to go back to that uh, the original editions mechanic that was close to the fudge system, uh, or the fate dice uh, where it's a D6 minus a D6 versus a target number, since that's more player-facing, since you're right. by yourself. Um, right. and, and that makes sense to me, and it seems to me that it would work better that way. Uh, I did get to play a little bit of this uh, a few weeks ago. Um, and yes, the neutral result is where I had some difficulty because some of the questions throwing in a new organization doesn't really make sense. You know, you yeah. really have to kind of shoehorn it. Yeah. I, and how would, would that be the answer to a question? So it's an open-ended question, right? Mm-hmm. That, that's what the Oracle the two d6 oracles for right open-ended questions um nope the open-ended questions are the little icons on the bottom of the page oh yeah that Uh, yeah i thought that was so fucking stupid that i forgot about it (laughs) (laughs) right now if, if you ask me you know the the uh, new hero, new villain, complications, GMCs, stuff like that. That would be better on like the extreme side of the rolls, maybe. You know, maybe on a one or a six, you get one of those answers, but not on a three or four, because. I mean, okay. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, okay, so let's just set up a, a situation. You're at a dock, right? Mm-hmm. You're standing on top of a stack of of, uh, of um, boxes, crates, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, looking at some sort of underground deal going on, right? Right. The wind's blowing, you know, salt and brine into your face, and you're just waiting for the money to exchange hands, Right. So you roll the dice and you get uh, you get new organization or you get old GMC. Some of that kind of makes sense. But like, right. Okay, Uh, so what is like the fucking DEA show up? Right. DEA intergang, something like that might show up. Uh, You know, Aunt May calls. (laughs) You know, situations like that, yeah, I can see it happening. But I did some test rolls. I rolled 2d6 on the Oracle chart. Uh, 
20 times per level of certainty. And, <laughs> and roughly half the time you're getting this result. Um, where you're adding new characters or complications or GMCs or something like that. That you have to shoehorn into a situation. Um, now, going back to the core rulebook. Since some, some solo roleplay systems say if you can't. Like, for example, Mythic says if you can't come up with something right, you know, within a few few moments, uh, ignore it, move on. You know, this doesn't have that bit of advice. Um, however, Icons has this lovely little uh, system for determination where you can spend a determination point to create a retcon. Now... You would think that, you know, it might not be a good idea to burn your determination in that way. But, you know, it might also be useful to kind of keep things rolling just to, you know, burn that determination and move on. Yeah, I, the whole determination thing here is a little vague, right. I guess. Right. Um you know, so the way icons normally works is you have um, these. What are they called? Um, qualities. Your, you, you have yeah. You have your qualities, and to activate your qualities, you know, I'm the fastest man alive, or you know, truth, justice in the American way. Mm -hmm. You burn a determination point and tap that quality for a variety of effects. Right. Or you get to find out what other, what, what, like what your foes' qualities are, stuff mm -hmm. like that. Right. It's a little vague how that works in a situation where you are the only person. Right. Right. They suggest this economy, which I guess means there's a limited amount of determination going on between you and everything else right like a pool where you have your starting determination and and every time your opponents use determination you gain one and vice versa mm -hmm. which is fine but the how does the they call them uh what do they call them g gmcs right I don't know why. game master characters yeah, they're better NPCs, I guess, but... I mean, they're, they're, they're basically NPCs. But how does an NPC that you supposedly know nothing about burn determination? Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. There's, like, a lot of, of fudging, like, willful ignorance that you have to go through as a player to, to do this. Right. Right. And, you know, I... I just don't see the the fun of pretending you don't know what's going on when you know what's going on. <laughs> right, right. Um, now I, I, you know, I do love me some icons. Um, it, it's one of my one of my particular favorites, and you know, as, as as such, I have a lot of the supplemental books, and there are a number of options within the supplemental books that um 
you know, give you better toolkits, I guess, for for some of this stuff. Um, you know, for example, in the main book, there the chapter on game mastering uh, has a random table for what you know, like adventure hooks and things, uh, which is which is kind of interesting. Um, the Origins book has uh, a bunch of charts for backgrounds and stuff for a randomly generated character that you could easily adopt to uh, creating those NPCs on the fly. Or GMCs, excuse me, use the book term. Um, now, we were talking about the, the film strips briefly. That's the second part of it, the open-ended question. Uh, now, I like the idea. It's like uh, those Rory Story Cube type things where you, you know, they're on D6s and you roll them and you kind of like interpret the picture to to give you an idea. The method, however, doesn't seem very inspired. Um, yeah. As you start on the first page, roll a D6, count out that many pictures. That's your first prompt and then you roll another d6 count out that many spaces from where you left off and that's your second and presumably the instructions don't say that the next time you ask an open-ended question you just start where you left off i'm sure that's exactly what it has which doesn't really give you that big of a variety of questions no and woe to you if you get the potato that is screaming in fright. Or the potato that's screaming in fright? Yes, it's on page seven. Page seven. Oh, ha <laughs> yes. That's one to, uh, that's one. Um, that's interesting. There's a witch, uh, a bottle of moonshine. Yeah, there's a glob. Like, I don't know, maybe you were in a saloon and somebody missed the spittoon. <laughs> There's a fucking nuclear explosion. <laughs> a pail. A pail. That's exciting. The pail is definitely exciting. Yeah. It's a bow tie. As is the bat the car battery. Yep. I mean, there's some interesting ones here. There's some not so interesting ones. Uh, the eight ball. Uh, I think I, at, so. There's what? There's like 18, 19, 20, 19 pages of these, right? Right. Well, probably not quite. Yeah, uh, from uh, th page three to 16, page 19. 16 pages of that. Right. I think they ran out of shit to draw. Yeah. They, they look like stock art. To me, you know, just your basic type of thing. Now, I don't know what to put here. Oh, put the frightened potato right there. All right, put the frightened potato. Uh, layout challenges. Um, yeah, now you could probably uh, set this up where you scratch out some of the uh, less than useful ones, like the screaming potato. Although I'd leave that one in there just because. You. Uh, the potato. Yeah, the pail or something like that, and and set it up so it's more of a D sixty six roll, um, giving you far more combinations of uh, icons, like the cherries. 
Yeah. Or the apple core and the bulldozer. Yes. Now, I did actually, I used this. Yeah. I actually used this to uh, create an adventure hook uh, vaguely. Um, Oh, there is also a random villain generator, which is also kind of neat. You know, gives you archetypes of of villains that you can use for your stories, which that's kind of neat. You know, that's that's useful. Um, But I used the film strips to come up with an adventure hook and uh, came up with a villain who is represented by the Apple Corps and the Astronaut. And the plot hook is the cassette tape and the all-seeing eye. Which is far more interesting than the Apple Corps and the Astronaut. Yes. What is the Apple Corps? What kind of villain did you come up with the Apple Corps Um, and the Astronaut? Well, when I rolled that villain, I came up with... I rolled the villain archetype with a vengeful one. Uh, I was working under the assumption that I was going to use Professor Providence as my main character. Um, So I came up with the archetype of a vengeful one, somebody who's been wronged in the past, um, and asked the question, is this character a former guardian of the House of Enigma? Got a yes answer. Well, let me rephrase that. The first time I got a a new GMC... Uh, the second time <laughs> I asked, um, I got, I got yes. And then the nature of this former guardian of the house of Enigma is the apple core and the astronaut, which I didn't really get further than that. Because um, what the fuck? Right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I, I do have a note the here. House of Enigma for being... Too fucking sloppy, right? The house, the house of Enigma. It's it's a mystery. Um, I did kind of interpret it a little bit that um, you know the Apple Core might be the first clue to discover this character's identity, and that the astronaut would mean that this character may be a, a space traveler or from the future or possibly even an alien. Right. That that's, makes a lot more sense. I don't know how the Apple Corps uh, them to all this. Yeah, that's that's where you come up. You know, you use your storytelling tricks. You know, maybe maybe the professor gets out of bed in the morning and goes to his kitchen, and on the counter is an Apple Corps that he didn't eat. I don't remember eating that apple. Yeah, somebody else has been in the house. Oh my god. There's a spacesuit as well. I don't remember wearing a spacesuit. I don't I don't have one of those. But I really was I was spacesuits at the dry cleaners. I was pretty fucked up last night, so uh, <laughs> I could have got that from anywhere. <laughs> Now, d- did you get a did you get a chance to try to play play anything with it? Or? No, I, I really didn't. This really didn't grab me at all. Hmm. Sorry, I, I I'm 
I'm becoming less and less enamored with journaling the role playing game. I hear you. I hear you. Um, you know, maybe it's because I'm lazy fucker. Mm. But uh, you know, I, I, that sounds like work. Right. If I'm gonna work at playing games, I might as well be jamming. True. A, a game with with people instead yeah. of like trying to fool myself into thinking that I'm playing a game when you know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not. Now. <laughs> I was introduced to this by uh, one of the one of the fellows over on the Icons Facebook group. Um, he uses uh-huh. he, he tried to use this uh, to do some of his own solo games, uh, and he was less than enamored with it himself. Um, I think the problem with these solo games, and I'll, I've said it before, is there's such a lack of direction, mm-hmm. and you know, the core of a lot of gaming is discovery. Right. And mystery, right? Mm-hmm. You know, e- even dungeon crawls, you know, it's what's in this room. What's behind you know? the door. Right. What's in the box. And to me, this doesn't scratch that itch at all. Mm-hmm. Because ultimately, you're fooling yourself into pretending that you don't know what's going on. Right. And it just takes a level of, I don't even know what you would call it, like a meta denial mm-hmm. to, to, to enjoy it, I guess. Right. And I, I just don't have that. Right. You know, I, 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 I'll tell you what, and I think I've said this before as well. Those semi choose your own adventure things that Chaosium puts out, right? Alone against the flames, etc. Yeah, are much better than this mm-hmm. uh, because there's depending on what you do, there's different things and you don't know what to expect. Yeah, it's canned. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a bit railroady. But I think that's more interesting. I feel like I'm playing a game as opposed to, you know, writing a book. Right. Right. And and it doesn't have that gamesmanship aspect to, of it to me. You know, there's also the social aspect that you're missing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that aside, it doesn't have it doesn't feel like you're you're playing a game. And, you know, that's, it's a game. Right. So I, I still, in the eternal quest for solo RPG, like aside from these Chaosium ones, the best ones I found is like just regular old little black book traveler. Right. Your Final Fantasy. <laughs> it's got <clears throat> mini games designed mm-hmm. for solo play, you know, and you just incorporate that. Yeah, it's a little... It's a little dry, but like everything's random, so you can literally play everything's random, right? Instead of this, where you know it's like this game, this coy game of of you know will they won't they with yourself, mm-hmm. right? 
Right. Now, um, I think there's only one more on the list that we're going to look at for now that, uh, un- unless, unless we get hit with something that's like, Hey, you know, check this out. Um, yeah, this is the, this is the answer to everything you've been, you've been waiting for. Right. Right. There's, there's one more and we've mentioned, I've mentioned it several times because I've read it a few times. Um, and, and I've actually seen it in use. Uh, and that is, and we'll pr- cover it separate, and that's the Mythic uh, Game Master Emulator. I have not read it yet. Right. Um, now, the one thing I will say as a lead-in to that discussion, uh, when it occurs, uh, is that this one is pulled in not, like a lot, unlike a lot of the other systems that we've looked at, uh, in particular, these parts per million systems they're not bolt on um, this has been taken out of a of a, a role playing engine that it was specifically designed for this purpose so in one yeah. sense it's more like it's closer to the category of iron sworn well I think part of the problem is a lot of these solo RPGs that we've looked at mm-hmm. have been from parts per million Right. So it's really variations on the same thing. Right. And to be perfectly honest and candid with you, I'd rather just like not deal with that anymore. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's the same thing every time. Right. Here's your Oracle, blah, blah, right. blah. You know, maybe a little flavor nod to the source material, but it's still kind of like, ugh. Right. Which I think you'll appreciate Mythic a little bit more because there are mechanics to it beyond just here's an oracle, here's some bolt-on tweaks to what you're playing. You know, the most interesting thing that Parts Per Million ever did, in my opinion... Cut-up solo? The cut-up ones. Yep. Um, so it basically does the same thing. It takes this oracle idea, but then adds like snippets of literature to it. Mm-hmm. And so your your prompts are random bits of you know text from books like Dracula or whatever. Right. I mean, if you have, I guess if you have like a, a editing software and a and a PDF, right? You could do it yourself. Mm-hmm. You could do it with pretty much any book. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it'd be interesting to do, like, uh, the ticket that exploded cut-up solo. So you'd be cutting up a cut-up. <laughs> now, speaking of oracles, uh, next week we'll be looking, or next time, not next week, geez, uh, next time we will be looking at uh, the man in the high castle. <laughs> thematically linking things here that's kind of what we do um a book that uh was that utilizes as a plot device and basically uh philip k dick's version of a solo role-playing game (laughs) yeah i mean we'll get more into it but the man used the thing to uh answer plot questions yep there you go all right well which Well, go ahead. I think would make for a better 
role playing oracle than uh than this yes no possibly thing. You but, know and we might just find out. <laughs> you know. I did dig up my copy of the I Ching. And uh well We'll discuss that a little bit more when we discuss Man in the High Castle. So, that's all we got for this time. Until next time. Paul.